Hey, Gina, how are you? How's it going? Hey, good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How's the weather in New York today? Um, I haven't been outside yet, but it looks <laughs> really nice. <laughs> it's, it's sunny, at least. It's been like rainy and gross for a few days, but at least it's sunny today. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, I haven't left the house in two days. Since I got back in town from this conference, I've just been working. And uh, Fridays are just my call days. So it's just nonstop. Yeah, I feel that. Fridays, like sweatpants and phone calls. That's How's everything going for you guys right now with... Uh, with work. Everything's good. We just did our rebrand um, like last week. It feels like it's been weeks at this point, um, but we just launched the rebrand last week. Uh, so it's been very busy, but good. Yeah. I noticed that. What was, what, what like got you guys to do the rebrand from Retection to stay? So we first like kind of set out to build Retection. I think like we were like, oh, it would be like this text component to it. And like, you'll be able to manage and like the thing that you think you're building before you build it is never like what you end up. For sure. Building. Yeah. Um, and I think that was it. And the name actually came from like, I think like pre COVID, I was like, should we build an SMS app? Like, should we do this? So we had this like name and then we ended up not building, uh, anything like for that. And then we were sitting on it and we knew we wanted to build a subscription. I was like, Oh, it kind of makes sense. Like we'll use this name. And the more that it kind of came to market, I realized how much everyone hated it. Um, and people like investors, like customers, they'd be like, this name is like, I don't, how do I pronounce it? Like nobody ever knew what they were saying. And I was like, Oh, like maybe that's like a fun thing. Like, like it's like kitschy like no one knows how to say it um it was not uh and it just like wasn't super sticky and we went back and forth on so many different names and finally we settled on stay like actually a couple of months ago and bought the domain like we had just kind of been planning on when we would launch it um, for sure but yeah i love it i think it works you i think like at the crux of the of the platform trying to get people to stay so it works it <laughs> Yeah, we looked at so many different names. We did like all the exercises. We're like looking at different types of flowers and like Greek goddesses and like this word in Latin, like all these different exercises of names. And finally I was sitting there, I was like, what if we just called stay? Like we were looking at like translation words for stay. And I was like, what if it was just stay? Thanks for coming on today. I'm really excited to to get to connect and learn a little bit more about like you and your background and like all the amazing things you've been doing over the last couple of years. But to really tie it back, like, let's chat about like, how did you get started in marketing and advertising and e-commerce? Yeah. Um, by mistake. <laughs> so I think like, it's always the best way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so to go like all the way back to when I was in college, I was working for Red Bull. Um, I like got my start as like a Red Bull girl. Like I was one of the girls in the backpacks and the Mini Coopers. Um, and I had worked like that job. I absolutely loved it. And then I became a student brand manager for them. And then I was coming up like ready to graduate. My boss was like, you know, do you like think you want to do this full time? Like this could be a role for you. And I was like, I don't think I want to work in marketing actually. Um, which is hilarious now given the trajectory of my career. But uh, so I, I turned it down and I left. I worked in sales for a little bit. That was not for me. And then I was working in event management at this ski resort and I was running their events. It's called Mountain Creek Action Park. Um, and I was running all of their events there and I was doing that for about a year and I kind of like loved it. Like I learned so much just like about like, did so yeah. much people like wrong during an event that like it, the stress levels and all that stuff, like you just learn a lot. Um, so it was really fun for me. But about a year into that, they had hired somebody new to do the digital marketing. And then like slowly, like people stopped coming to the events because like there was yeah. no emails going out. And I was like, well, I went to school for industrial design. Like I can do emails. And then like the emails weren't getting built. And I was like, I had a nice yeah. like I know HTML, I can build emails. 
And then it like turned into like, yeah. I can own the content calendar. And then I ended up like running all of the, like the email calendar for this entire resort and like really liking that. And that was kind of the start of digital marketing for me. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I, I actually got my start, like my past life. I was, I, I was an event producer. I started working a production crew when I was in college at like 18, 19 years old. So I know the grind of the event space and I never want to go back there. How many like 10 by 10 pop-up tents have you carried? <laughs> I, more than that, how many times have I had an accident because I was so overworked? One time I literally drove, a, I, was, I worked for a staging and productions company in, in LA and I had worked for like 35 days straight. And like a few of those days were like 18 hour load-ins throughout the whole night like nonstop. And I like backed into, I was like yep. unloading staging decks off the back of a flatbed and like backed into a parked car. Another time I like, this is when I was an event producer years later, I like drove away from a gas station with the pump still in. Another time no. I like get pulled over. This actually happened multiple times. I got pulled over without having my headlights on. I just wasn't thinking. And the last time I crashed my car in the middle of the night because I fell asleep at the wheel. So that's when I realized, no. I'm, uh, and I'm not someone that I'm like, I'm fully aware of my situation. I was just way overworked in that space. It was just overworked me to the bone and the highs are high, the lows are low, the work's never stable. And that's what, how I got into the digital space. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think the the worst part is like, so like when you finally are done working, you want to enjoy the, like you want to be able to go yeah. to the party that you just spent so much planning and all the prep and everything, but that's like your time to sleep. But you're like, but I, I spent so much like work doing this. Like I want to be at this thing. And like, but that like you needed to be asleep during that time. And yeah. That was always like such a. I had event PTSD for a solid four or five years after I, after I transitioned where I just couldn't enjoy an event. I was like, I'd go to an event. I'd be like, well, what are the staff wearing? What's the rigging structure look like up there? I don't know about this truss structure and those lights and this wind. And I'm just, I'm here to go to a party. You know? yeah. So I hear you on that. Yeah. Cool. So you, you were working at this resort. Where was this resort located? So it was in New Jersey. Um, if you have been, on, so if you've ever watched the documentary Action Park or Class Action Park, I think it's yeah. called um, on HBO, it's incredible. You'd probably watch it and be like, there's no way that any of this is true. I swear it was all true. Um, you have to watch it. I've got to take a look at it. All right. We've got my, you've spun my interest. <laughs> like, again, like it's, it's a doc about like, obviously like what, well, before I worked there, I think it takes place yeah. like in the eighties. Um, you know, I was working there like 2015, um, ish 2014, but it, just this type of stuff that went on, like, and it was so an action park, a, a water park, a, a snow, like ski mountain, they had weddings going on, they have golfing, mountain biking, like all of these different things. So like, like the events just would always change. Like I was throwing like events on the at the first event, like, I'm standing there and somebody comes up to me and they're like, Hey, like kids aren't wearing helmets. Like it was a snowboard event. And I was like, so, and they're like, the insurance company is here. Like everyone has to be wearing a helmet. And I like had to run around and get helmets on all these kids. Like imagine like me, 22 years old, like trying to like wrangle these like 12 year old children, like make them buckle helmets on. It was like that. And you're like, why didn't someone up above tell me that we needed helmets? Yeah. They were like, where's the COI? And I was like, what is a COI? Like, <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So wasn't a lot of guidance. I was kind of just running these events, making it happen. That's cool. I learned, I learned a lot. Do you ski or snowboard? I do. Um, I grew up, I, until I was like 21 years old, I thought I was just going to be a pro snowboarder. Um, so I grew up competing uh, all the time. That was me too. I like really? grew up doing USASA yes. competition in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. What? Um, so, okay. But you, were you on the West coast? I grew up in Southern, I grew up in LA. So I grew up doing them in big bear, mammoth mountain high, like all the local mountains. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Same. And then I eventually started doing a lot more like street stuff and just rail jams and then like filming and, and all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that was literally my high school was, and I don't even know how my parents let my friends and like how our parents let us, but we would just go out, we'd get hotel rooms, like motel six, pack six of us into a room. We'd be filming like in mammoth like on a friday and just like cutting these reels thinking we're gonna go pro same like, <laughs> same <laughs> yeah yeah then you get hurt enough and you're just like why do i i don't even like going in the park anymore like and i actually transitioned back to i still have my snowboard stuff but i love powder skiing like mm-hmm. it's just my thing i love it and i i just got so tired of the park Cause I'm like, I'm just pushing myself to hurt myself. Yeah. I've definitely totally plateaued. Like we're not learning any new tricks um, at this age, but. Yeah. You're just trying to keep up what you had. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. There's like, I do, I do love like a good sunny, like park lap day, but yeah, I just did a, a trip um, with my co-founder and we went um, cat skiing uh, and heli skiing out in Utah. And it was like, right after they had gotten so, so, so much snow. They're having like record snowfall out there this year. I know it's been an epic year. Just the West, the whole West has been on fire. It's been great. Yeah. So it, it was so good. It was like so nice to kind of get out there and get some just like good backcountry days in. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So you were at this resort at this and you did this. So what, what happened next? Yeah. So I am now I'm like doing like all the email stuff. Like I'm running their like full yeah. like content calendar, their email, um, the resort's gearing up for chapter 11, uh, bankruptcy. So, uh, they need to like restructure some debt. They bring in these two consultants, consultants come in, like, obviously we didn't know at the time, but they're coming in to basically like figure out, you know, who's efficient, who's inefficient and do like massive layoffs. So they're there for maybe like, like a corporate cleanse almost. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they're there for like maybe like three, four weeks. Um, and I'm on a marketing team of 12, uh, and they fire my 11 coworkers and I'm like, oh, um, and they're like, so surprise, you don't work here anymore. You're going to come work for us. Um, you're going to stay on this account and you're going to do what you do here for a bunch of other accounts. Wow. So they were, they were like a, I'm assuming like a consulting firm, right? And then they essentially said, we want you to work for us and we'll, you're going to do this for this place, the team of 12, now just you, and we're going to give you some additional work, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, but they, so they yeah. also like brought an additional, like they were like, they plugged their marketing team in. Okay, cool. That's great. They had a whole team. Yeah, yeah, that you were working with. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they weren't yeah. like, hey, Jenny, you now do the work. <laughs> 12 suck. people plus work for yeah. other brands. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so it was just like email work they wanted me to, to, keep, um, to keep on doing. So, I did that. I worked with them for like a year. Uh, and then 
I was just kind of like, I really like want to go back in house. Like I just didn't like love one of the partners of the, um, of the firm. And, uh, one of the other guys was like, I want to start like an agency. You should start it with me. Email's dead. Like you should learn paid ads. And I was like, I have like, I'm too deep in like, I'm a retention girl at this point. Like we're sticking with retention marketing. Um, so I went and worked for us, an app called zeal, um, just like massage on demand. And that was like the first time I got to work with like a full product team. And I like replatformed them and I got to work with product and like kind of like understand like how to set up all these different user flows. Like when you work within the like e-commerce and you're working with like Shopify and Klaviyo, I think we take for granted like how easy it is. Like it's a two-click integration and then you have like... You go into some of these other ESPs and that are enterprise level, Bronto, these, and it's just batshit complicated and whack. Yep. And you're trying to set up, you know, custom. And so like, if you're a custom app, like you can't just like double click in a, like an ESP. And then all of a sudden, like your add to cart metric is there. Like you have to sit there and be like, well, what are the different metrics that we want? What are the events? What are the event properties? And that was the first time I got to kind of like sit down and like dig into that. And I loved it. And I was like, well, this is kind of like fascinating. I love this. I do that whole project, successfully migrate them over. And then the partner who was like, hey, like come join me, do this thing, like add stuff. He was like, actually... I've kind of gotten enough clients now. People want email. Would you come start this, like start an agency with me and we'll do email. And at first I was like, no, 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 no. Like I never, I never wanted to be like an entrepreneur um, or a founder. That was like never something. Yeah. The word entrepreneur to me, even still, like I like think of like club promoters yeah. in college. Like I, it just was like not a positive correlation. I was like, that is not. Well, I think in college, like every club promoter thought they were an entrepreneur, right? Like they have their own event company. They're like getting party buses on the weekend. That was it. It was either you were making shirt t-shirts for the sororities and the fraternities, or you were running party buses, you know, and promoting. Yeah. So that's what entrepreneur meant to me. Um, So I was like, I'm not starting. So like, I honestly feel like I was a little tricked. Um, He was like, it's going to be so chill. Like, you're just going to do email for like three brands. Like maybe one day we'll hire someone else. Like maybe. And I was like, oh yeah, like that sounds so chill. And then like, we get this, we work office and there's like four of us. And I thought it was like, so like legit and cool. I remember like walking into the WeWork office and like this, our name is like on the door, like on a, a, a sticker. And I was like, oh yeah, like Winter Solar, it's a real company. And then like fast forward four years later, it's 85 full-time employees. We working with hundreds of clients, like bootstrap this thing. We're like, it's kicking off cash for investing in other companies. And like, I just never, he always had, like, he's like more of the big vision person. I'm kind of just like the operator. Like you can plug me into anything. And if you're like, Hey, just like figure out how we get to this. Like I can figure out how to get there, but I'm like, never the, like, we're going to have billions of employees and they're going to do all these different things type of person. I'm just kind of like, I like to like get into it, like something that I can kind of like, once somebody else like will lay out this like bigger thing, I'm able to get in there and be like, all right, this is how we do all these different things. Well, it sounds like he's almost like the visionary. You're the integrator that really matches, which is really the toughest, which is what you need to grow a big business, but is the toughest thing to find. And there's way more visionaries out there than there are integrators just in general. Oh, I I didn't know that, but that's, that's interesting. Um, There is, that's the biggest problem that entrepreneurs have is like, at least that I've seen and I hear all the time is that there's too many people are big vision, but don't have the proper person to help execute their vision and work on executing the vision. So yeah, it's a great skill to have. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause like, again, I can't picture doing any of it like 
without him where also sometimes he has these he's like well i'll just like go off on like and i'll do this idea over there i'm like good luck yeah like good luck getting that big yeah. idea, like actually functioning and executing um but yeah so um i end up joining him doing that so we've got the age sorry when did you guys start uh lunar solar uh 2018 2018 awesome yeah cool. so we start lunar solar um it it starts starts kind of to take off um, we get to about like right in the beginning of COVID is about 30 full time. And I remember that being like one of the, if I think about like the scariest moments of my career, like when I thought wow. everything was over, yeah. um, like the first like two, three months, like the client fall off was bad. Like nobody knew it was going to happen. And I was like, are we going to lose the whole company? Like we're 30, but like, this is like a real company now. Like what's going to happen? Like we are like, you know, do we have to do layoffs? Like what is this? And then like e-commerce just started taking off. Like everybody moved everything online and it was such a great six, eight month run, nine month run. Yeah. We went from like 30 and I thought we were going to have to like lay everyone off and shut the company down to like 60 over. And it was just like, all of a sudden I was like, how do you build remote teams? Like, how do you build coach? How do you do all these things? Agencies kicking off cash. We're like, what do we do? So we like start investing in these, and the e-commerce companies are growing so fast. We're like investing in the companies that we're working with or investing in the tech we're working with. And like, that's kind of like what, what spun everything out. And then like, you know, another like year or so after that, I kind of like built and stabilized my like division and the team. I tried to step in and be our COO, which felt like a natural role for me, but I just like, it, it wasn't the right role. Like I just didn't like love it the way that I like ran, loved like running the retention side. I think so I like did fundamentally like, love the retention strategy piece of it. And um, we had- That's funny too, because that's my like forte specialty is, is retention side as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, I did love that. So then we had started, like we started dabbling in building apps um, somewhere along the along the line where we would run into this issue where we'd be working with all these brands and they'd be like, God, if we just like, if we were like, if we just had an app that did this, like that would solve all these problems. Like if we could just like figure out how to do this piece and we would like try to advise other companies and we're like, why don't we have a whole web team? Like, why don't we, we have developers, like, why don't we build apps? Yeah. Um, and that kind of spun us into building apps. And then we had two developers that were just so incredibly talented. They were kind of like sick of just like building Shopify themes. They're like, we want to build actual apps. Um, and we had this concept for an app and uh, they ended up being like, we want to take this and run with it. Uh, so they did. And um, we ended up taking it and it's a company now called No Commerce that we ended up selling um, to WeCommerce uh, at some point last year. So like Lunar Solar kind of like funded it. We started it um, and then we were able to spin it out. Uh, and that kind of like for me was all, all of a sudden it was like the gateway where I was like, oh, wow. we can identify a problem. We can incubate it. We can ask with clients that are already in our network to be beta merchants on it. Prototype it, bring it to market. That's cool. Spin it out. And then like, that's that. And that kind of like, was the first step of like, oh, this is a good idea. And I, I knew for a long time that I eventually wanted to build something. Um, I thought it was just gonna be like a, a testing platform or what it was. I knew there would be like some type of like testing component to it, but then Shopify opens up their subscription API. There's all this noise in the subscription space. And it kind of like, we were sitting there one night and I was like, I think this is it. Like, I think this is the, the perfect, like right next move for me. Um, and that's kind of, I was like, if we can raise for it, then like, we'll do it. And if we can't raise for it, like it's a sign. Yeah. And we talked to three funds and two of them were like, we'll split the round and like, wow. let's do it. And I was just like, all right, it's a sign, like we're doing it. Um, and that's kind of how we got started. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting, like hearing your journey 
And I hear people all the time that like work in tech and they're like, I just want to build tech and, and do something, but they don't know a market. They don't know the customer. And I always say, if you really want to build something, go start a service-based business, learn exactly what people need, what they want, how much they're going to pay for it, have existing customers, and then build some tech on it. So I think you guys are just like textbook, writing the textbook along the way for the process. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it's awesome. Like you build these programs for brands for years. I spent like, you know, five or six years, like building people's subscription programs, like figuring out like, Oh, you send emails here. Like you do this, like you can do these different things. I'm kind of like piecing things together. I was using Klaviyo, um, to like all my integrations were feeding into there. And then I was trying to build these like very unique customer journeys. And then I was like, what if this all just like lived in the subscription app? Then like you could do so much, it would be so much more powerful. You could test all these different things. You can do all these different things. So when I really like looked at the space, I was like, okay, like this is how people have been doing it like for years. This is how the rest of the retention suite has kind of evolved. Like these are the missing pieces. Like this should all sit together in a platform. And I, I think that's awesome because as we know from just where the market sits and where it's sat, like it made some great momentum back in like 2015, 2016 early 2017. And then it just kind of flattened off with the proper roadmap. And we don't have to mention who, but we, we all know that there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's been a lot of frustration when it comes to uh, subscription commerce. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, yeah, nobody's just like truly looked at it and just like really kind of innovated and brought new features to market. And it's been so cool that we were able to launch with some of that stuff. And like, seeing it now it, it takes a while like you build a platform and you like need to get the right size merchants on of course you get like small merchants first and you get larger merchants because you want to start running like tests and seeing if stuff's actually working like it doesn't just like happen in one month like people are like oh like can you get case studies like no it takes like a brand being on your platform for like six months to like really know and definitively say like this is working or this that's not and like i feel like we just recently hit that point where like the larger brands are hitting the like six month nine month mark and i'm able to sit there and be like oh my god like these tests that they've run like this is change, like life-changing to their businesses because like they were able to identify these different like bad performing cohorts and like do things to change it. Um, but yeah, it's it's been like very exciting recently. That's so cool. So what's what's on the horizon right now? Like where are you guys at with with the brand? You guys raised raised around and you've got the product in market. I obviously know you guys are building the partner team, the partner program is we 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 we're a part of the partner program now. So we're really excited to to get to try to onboard some of our subscription-based clients into it. But like, what else is on the horizon? Is it like heavy acquisition of, of new customers? You guys building up a sales team right now? So we have the go-to-market team, um, like ready to go. And they're, they're set up, so they've been training um, for quite a bit now, kind of like they're all good now, like on, they can give demos and stuff. There's a lot, you go from this transition of like founder-led sales to the go-to-market team. And that for me was like so hard to let go because you just sit on like the calls and, they're amazing now, but there's this, there's this moment, like there's months where the, you have to watch them do it. And you're like, I would have done this better. And it's like, of course you as the founder would do it better, but that's not scalable. Right. But there's not 40 of you. There's one of you. Yeah. Right. So like you have to train all these people. Um, so like sitting on like training and like watching and doing the mock demos and like listening to their calls and having them listen to some of my calls. So I finally feel really good about that. And like, trust that whole team uh, where now they can run uh, the sales process without me. So that's kind of where they're at now. I think for me, we go back and forth and like, it's like, 
do you want to, there's like different, like different types of feature requests. Cause there's like feature requests that are like quality of life type of things where it's like, Hey, like, can you add another button in here so that we can easily do this? And then there's like, can we add machine learning to the portal so that like we can, you know, pick the products and show the products together. And like one is really like sexy for like to go out and like sell it. And the other one is like, for sure. once you're on the platform, sure. like you're going to notice all of these little things. And you have to have like this perfect balance of like, you need like enough flashy to kind of go to market and like make waves and be like, look, we have these cool things that other people don't have. Cause in this the core features. Yeah. But also the functionality, it's like people use the platform and it's actually easy for them to use it and you get adoption. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I think one, like the sexy features are great because it gets people in the door. But the one thing that like we highlight a lot is that we have zero churn on the platform, which is like something I don't think that anyone else can say in the space. And that's because I think the way that we've balanced like new flashy features and just like quality of life things, like things that you really need to know, like you need to know, like if the failed billing stuff, like you need to know like why people's credit cards are declining, how what is the error messages, all that stuff where like, was that like a cool new feature that I could announce? Like, no, I couldn't make a LinkedIn post and be like, we now offer like failed billing reports. It's not sexy, but it's, a, <laughs> it's the infrastructure, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's doing a lot of that work. Um, so there's a balance. We've got a couple of cool new features. We did just announce um, a few of the new machine learning features uh, that are coming out in Q1. And then a lot of the rest of Q1 um, is like that little stuff that like all of our merchants who are on the platform now will start to notice like, oh, it's so much easier. Now we can do this, like that type of stuff. That's epic. And uh, like, are you guys still hiring right now? Are you guys growing or or have you guys tapered, tapered off? We are at a pretty good, so we went through this like pretty like high growth. I like, I like to get in places where like you hire kind of all at once and then you stabilize and you let everybody kind of get in a good groove. I'm like onboarding people is great, but like it's a huge time suck. Interviewing people, huge time suck. So I like to kind of do it in like, in groups and sprints and like whatever you want to call it, where we went through this phase. I'm really confident, like, and good with the team that we've got now. I think that we're good to kind of scale to the next level that I need us to. And then we'll probably do like another big round of hiring, um, maybe closer to the end of Q1 um, going into Q2. Of course, if we needed something like a, there's a couple of positions where I'm like, oh, I could use really like a technical, like a documentation writer type of thing. where like, maybe that type of role. Um, but I have the core team is just so awesome. We're like 40 full time. So it, it is a big team. Wow. That's epic. Yeah. And are you guys, are you guys all remote? You got a mix of remote in person. Um, so the stay is all remote. Um, just so scattered, um, throughout, yeah. throughout the country. It's also just so great because you're opening up your pool for talent acquisition. Yeah. A hundred percent. Where Lunar Solar, um, I think just we're we're mostly in person for that. Uh, almost everybody's here in New York, so we've got the office here, which is cool because we have this like almost HQ where if anybody wants to come in and meet like for stay, like we've had a couple people like, fly in and do different team meetings and whatnot. Where we'll either do offsites um, in Park City uh, or here uh, in New York. Very cool. And yeah. how are you balancing your time right now? Are you a hundred percent on stay or still a mix on the agency? I would say I'm ninety seven percent on stay. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm doing, um, maybe, maybe a little bit less. I'm doing like maybe two, two hours a week, um, on the lunar solar side. Very cool. And like, who are you guys finding is like the best, the best performing clients on the platform? Is there an, is there a specific vertical? Is it supplements? Is it 
you know, food. I'm just, I'm curious if there's one niche that's just killing it right now for you guys. I think, so the people who are doing the best on the platform is the people who power use the platform. So sure. I think there, t there takes like this element of like subscription, just everyone thinks of it as this very like set it and forget it thing. And like, hey, the platform works for that. But the people who are seeing the most out of it are power using. They're going in, they're making op like, op like they're optimizing different things and they're spending a couple hours a month in the platform, like testing and, and changing things around. But in terms of like a certain like vertical, where we've seen a lot of growth, I think just something that I've noticed, and I don't know if I just like hadn't noticed it before, or if it's really on the up and up is like dog food companies. That is like where I'm seeing crazy growth right now. So many new ones entering the space, a lot of growth. It feels like it's like the hot new, new thing now. Not that like dog food is new, like dog food's been around forever, but like it just, it. For sure. Subscription commerce for dog food. We just had we got an episode going live of the podcast, like in the next two weeks, it's uh, my buddy, Nick Noman, who's the CMO at We Feed Raw. And they're a dog food brand uh, based in the States and it's all raw dog food. They have like a couple hundred variations of food based off of the diet that each individual dog needs. And it was wild to hear just what their acquisition structure looks like and their back end fulfillment. Yeah. So that's, that's the one where I'm like, we just keep getting more of those brands in. Like, I kind of can't believe how fast the ones we have are growing. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is the new space. That's awesome. And what do you, what are you most excited about for the future with, with stay and what you guys are doing? Um, what makes me the most excited is when this is going to sound dumb, but like when I see the future is really like when I start to see the results of things, like when you get the case, like I'm working, I was working um, with this like one brand, the founders of friends. So I like hopped on their um, call with their success manager the other day, just to be like, you know, what's going on. And they checked in with AB test that they've been running for a month. And it was like part of this uh, feature that we'd built that like was completely new to market. Nobody had anything like this. It was like literally something that I'd sketched out like on a napkin one day being like, what if we could do this? Um, and it's called the experience engine. What it allows you to do is like run promos to your subscribers. So you can AB test like, well, what if we offered a free gift on order number two? How would that increase like, you know, con uh, conversion rate? Would less people skip or cancel? Um, and like you could do upsells on different orders. So they had really high churn on the second and third orders. They ran this AB test to see if they told people on the upcoming like order notification, they were offering a free gift, how that would impact people either like hitting skip or cancel or actually getting that order. And it was like pretty nuts to just kind of like see it right out the gate. Wow. About a thousand people had run through it. So you had 500 and 500 and it was an 85% increase on people Damn. who knew they were getting a gift on the second order that had actually converted where I was like, this is like so changing for your business. Like, this is so cool. And then like, it was interesting because then on the third order, it was only like a 15% increase. And by the fourth order, it had no increase, but I was like, wow, we like identified this problem area. We were able to then like, and it just, it wasn't like hours and hours of development. It was like the mark, like somebody who works in marketing can come in here and like set up these tests and check up on them. And I was like, wow, this is going to help so many people. So that's like the stuff like that is what I'm most excited for is like fine tuning those tools that actually help um, and like make a huge difference. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people out there that like, we're like, oh, does that actually make a difference? And no one ever knows. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I'm most excited about is building more stuff like that. So cool. And where do you see yourself with, uh, with stay and lunar solar, like in another three to five years, do you have like a bigger picture idea on like what you want these businesses to look like then? I think anything could happen. I'm like always very open-minded. I don't like, 
I try not to be like, oh, I want this to like hit X like revenue number and like blah, blah, blah. Like I'm kind of like, as long as like I'm super happy and like the, they, we've got like good reputation in the space and we're doing like what we're supposed to be doing. Like I'm, I'm pretty fulfilled. Um, I obviously would like love to see them both grow a ton. I think that um, lunar solar, I would love to see, you know, in the next three years grow quite a bit. We're at like maybe 75 full time. I think I'd love to see that. I don't know if I ever want to see it be more than 200 people, to be quite honest. I think that yeah. would be like awesome if it like settled in around 150, so like doubled. Sure. Um, I'm sure if you talk to Pearson, he'd be like, it's going to 10x. Um, but then I think that would be like my ideal sweet spot for lunar solar. Um, for stay, I, I want to grow the team as lean as I can. Obviously, I'd, I want to be like, oh, the ARR is going to be 100x what it is right now. Um, but where I think it could go, I think it's like very reasonable that we'll be on like the standard triple, triple, double, double kind of like path. Um, that's like, obviously what all of our, like everybody says, like, that's like the golden way through with, with tech and we're on that path now. And so I'd love to just kind of continue that. That's awesome. That's so cool. So what, what else, uh, what else do you like to do besides snowboard for fun? Like, what are you doing in your, in your free time? Um, I do snowboard a lot. Um, so the, a lot of my free time is, uh, spent figuring out like different snowboard trips and, and getting that, that stuff together I mountain bike a lot, um, when it's not snowboard season. Um, so I do a lot of mountain biking out in Utah. And then when I'm in New York, it's a lot of like your typical New York stuff, like finding the best new restaurant, like where is like the food that I've never tried before. That's like awesome and inspiring and like good cocktails. I'm a big bourbon drinker. Um, so any type of like, I can be like pulled into any, if you like lure me in with like some new hot bourbon, I'm like, I'm there. That's cool. What's your favorite mountain? Um, to ski, oh, to snowboard. Um, I think it depends on like what we're doing. I think in terms of like overall riding, probably snowbird. Um, I think like their terrain is just like the most fun. Um, when it's like, they've gotten a decent amount of snow. It's also like where we go heli skiing. Um, so that like I, where we go, Holly saying I've literally done twice in my entire life, but like where, where we did that. So like, Hey, you're, you're doing, you're doing it. You've done it twice. It's now where we go. Holly's saying, yeah, it's where we go. Like pinkies up, um, company bitters are doing a lot more. If yeah. that's <laughs> going to be my new thing. Um, but yeah, so I would say it's snowbird, uh, for the riding, just, I like their terrain the best. Um, I loved so like I haven't been able to go the last few years, but I used to spend every summer in Oregon. Oh, cool. Um, riding up at Mount Hood and like sunny park laps, like I think will always like hold a special place in my heart. Um, so that is probably like if I had to pick like good winter, like snow, like riding is gonna be snowbird and like sunny park laps is gonna be up in Mount Hood. That's awesome. How far is the flight from uh from from New York to Park City? Four and a half. Four and a half? Yeah. There's a there's good night flights where like there's a um, 5.30 flight that I take out like on like a Thursday or Friday night. Um, and then I get there like in times like I don't have to like sleep on the plane or anything. But like there's I figured out the flights that I need to take to like make it very efficient. Makes it worth it and it's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hear you. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're, you know, thank you so much for coming on today, Gina. Is there is there any place where people can get in touch with you? Like, are you active on any socials? If they're interested in signing up and learning more about stay, is there a place where they can, they can connect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm on there almost every, every day. I would say I tweet at least once a day. Um, sometimes more. 
the e-com Twitterverse is just where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's where it's at. Um, I tweeted something yesterday about like putting bronzer on and it took off. Like I thought it was gonna be one of those tweets that got none. And I was like, wow, the men of e-com Twitter were passionate about this one. Um, it's, it's so <laughs> wild how e-com Twitter has become a, th- where if you're not on it, you're not doing it. You're, you're just, do you even exist? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It, it's yeah. wild. I, I don't know any pas- more passionate audience on Twitter right now than ecom Twitter, for sure. I was not on it for the first three years um, of my marketing career. I like just got on a year and a half ago, and it's crazy. Like, I have friends, like I've got like Twitter, fr- like people I've met in real life that are like now my actual friend. Like it's nuts. It's, it's yeah. So I'm on Twitter. Um, that's a good place to find me. And then also just stay AI um, or stay AI. Uh, is a new new website name, um, which I'm very excited that we were able to grab that domain. But yeah, you can uh, hop on there, fill out a form, and the team will get back to you and get you on a demo. Great. That's sick. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Like I said, this has been great. And I will put the links to State.ai and, uh, and your Twitter and everything in the show notes so just people can touch base with you on it. But thanks, Gina. I really appreciate you coming on, getting to learn more about your history. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks.